I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. We got a lot to get to. Not a lot of time to do it, so let's get right to it. Texas basketball, big win over Oklahoma in a game they could not afford to lose. Texas baseball, another discussion. 0-3 start. Thank God we got hardball to help us work it all down. He will console us, hopefully. We'll get into also some uh, pro football focus articles that uh, highlight some of your favorite uh, lifetime Longhorns. We'll get into that coming up in the second segment. Also, Bill Connolly uh, showing some love to the Longhorns. We'll also get into the All-Star Weekend. Yes, the All-Star Weekend review. Was it the worst All-Star game ever? A uh, head coach in the NBA certainly thinks so. We'll get into that coming up. We also will uh, dive into the NCAA looking to uh, change some of the rules of college football to try to shorten the game. All right, They're trying to uh, cater to the short attention spans of uh, uh, all of us. Yours truly as well. We'll get to that and more. Before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. Originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream in the cheese. Pimping ain't easy, but for him it's a breeze. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Hardball Hard. What's going on, brother? Man, I'm glad to be back. It is a, uh, you're right, it's a smooth soul Monday because mm. we're definitely going to need to do some consoling Ooh. when we talk about this Texas baseball yeah. team. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not going to be, 
a Debbie Downer when we start talking about this. So we'll get into it. But let me talk about my man that sits across from you. He hails from H-Town with the get down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud car-carrying member of DBU. Legendary, lifetime, and college Hall of Fame Longhorn, Derek Johnson, said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rod Babers. I appreciate that intro, as always. Let's not waste any time introducing the real MVP. He's one of the hardest-working members of the ARN family. The man's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid, but we damn show that he's underpaid. It's Patrick Davis. How you doing, Patrick? Oh, it's another Monday. Uh, see, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how you know he's underpaid. That is, that's it. Another Monday. There you go. Oh, uh, yeah, that that's is it. a great way of putting it, PD. <laughs> that's a man who's overworked, all right? This Monday, damn it. So uh, that means he's got more work than ever. On a holiday, by the way, President's Day edition of Baldo Last. I hope everybody out there is having a great holiday as well. All right, Specs Text Last, the best way to hit us up, 512-337-3776. Uh, we will talk about the... Uh, the NBA uh, All-Star Weekend. We'll get into that as well. Uh, but we'll start off talking about Texas sports. We want Howard, how do you want to start? You want to start with Texas baseball? No, let's probably, talk about basketball. You really don't? Yeah, I really don't want to talk about baseball real quick. You don't want to talk about We'll All definitely right. get into it throughout okay. the day and All definitely right. be a part of the Hard Knocks life as well. Yeah. So okay. there's a lot that we will unpack when it comes to this uh, All right. Texas so, baseball team. So it's a good news, bad news, and yes. you want the good news yeah, first. Yeah, I want the good news first. All right, let's get into it. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is good news, but it, it is the Big 12, so. I think the Longhorns were actually double-digit favorites they were. in this game over they were. Oklahoma. Uh, I know at, at times you'll put your money where your mouth is. but Did in, not do so this I weekend. Watched, well, you, you've been watching the Big 12. Yes, I have. So, you know, hell, man, that's a fool's bet right there anytime you talk Unless about Unless you it. go the other way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Unless you go the other way. Amen to that. Uh, Longhorns went in overtime 85-83, to 83, pulled out a uh, dramatic win over Oklahoma and it's it's one of those things where it you just got to find a way to win and survive. It almost mm-hmm. feels like the tournament and sounds like that in the Big 12 because it is the toughest conference in the country. But since we you know start off in the narrative about this game, I think we'll start and hell maybe it ends with Jabari, Sir Jabari Rice always uh, once again. <laughs> uh, I mean, 24 points. Uh, he was amazing. There were 19 of those in the second half. Yeah, I mean the man is just he's he comes up clutch when you need him. Uh, he he's looking at basically took over the game uh, with like six minutes left in regulation. At that point, kind yeah, of he, took over the game, made like three clutch baskets uh, in a row there, uh, you know, for Texas and really really set them up to force the overtime because it looked for a while there like Oklahoma may have controlled the game, they had a chance to take control of the game, uh, but Texas and their leadership stepped up at the right time and uh, forced the overtime and also ended up kind of pulling away from Oklahoma. But Oklahoma did not relent. I mean, they made it tight the whole time. It was 84-77 at one time in overtime. You thought, okay, all right, they finally put them away. They did not. They kept coming back like Pet Cemetery. <laughs> it's like popping over up. Over and over again, Every man. time you they saw really them, it's did. like, I thought you were dead. Yeah, I'll get uh, yeah. Uh, respect, respect to the Sooners because, I mean, they played like, like a rival should, even though Texas is a 
of getting a sweep this season. Yeah, as I was sitting there, I was trying. I was trying to be my do my best, <laughs> Craig Way. No, 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 not on the microphone, but multitasking, trying to watch mm-hmm. and call a baseball game as this basketball game is going on. So I have my computer up and I'm trying to watch the game and I'm tr- going back and forth and I'm like, there's no way this game is this close. And at one point, Texas was down. And I kept saying, okay, what are they going to do next? What are they going to do next? Well, what they continue to do is, is find instant offense from Sir Jabari Rice. I know at one point uh, even our man Brock Cunningham scored eight straight points. So it was one of those things yeah. where you needed other people to be involved for you to finish this game off. And one of the things that I continue to wonder, and people have been talking about this, and I don't think it should happen because – I keep looking at the Texas bench, and what have we been talking about all year, Rod? Serge Jabari Rice is the best six man in the country, so why not? You can still leave him there, but just like they did in this game, you can cut other people's minutes and have him on the court. I always talk about it ain't how you start, it's how you finish, and if he's on the court at the end of the game, we expect good things to happen. The one thing that I want to continue to talk about, and I think it needs to be talked a little bit more about, is something that I kept pointing out to Patrick, really, was it gets to the point where Marcus Carr tries to over-dribble sometimes. And the whole key for the success of this team is obviously he's going to score. We get that. But sometimes it's best for him to not have the ball in his hand and look to be a facilitator or have someone else do it and then get the rock back to you. He gets so comfortable with it, and I don't blame him. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's used to being a ball-dominant point guard because of the systems that he's been in. But in this situation, earlier in the year when he was cooking, it looked like everybody was trying to find him. Remember that game where he was just putting it up and everybody was making sure he got the ball? Well, this game was one of those games where he should have deferred a little bit more and used Serge Jabari Rice in those clutch moments because he obviously had it going in that game. So there's a little give and take. And, I, you know, they won the game, so there's not too much that we should be upset about. But if you're going to point out some of these things for later in the season, mm. that is something that we're going to end up having to talk about because people can make you give up the rock by double teaming you. If you're going to be that ball dominant, and what that does is create turnovers. So sometimes you need to not be that guy and work your way to get it back. That's the only gripe that I've had all year because I could see it starting to develop slowly. And you and I have even talked about it. I'm like, I just wish sometimes he would get off the rock and get it back sometimes because they're going to press you. They're going to try to make you give the ball up. And there were times when I was watching the game where the pass was right there for him, but he was still kind of dribbling it. But at the end, Texas won. Don't want to beat it too much. And and Serge Jabari Rice has continued to make that step. And, again, I thought Brock played a good basketball game this past weekend. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say, I think in this game, and, and there is times Marcus Carr over dribbles. This one, I think the fault wasn't on him as much as some of the other guys on the court. Not getting open it, for Well, him. and the fact they wouldn't attack, he would get doubled, pull the defense with him, they are now playing a three on four. They would pass the ball, and whoever it was would wait for the defense to reset, yeah. and then wait, and then pass the ball back to Marcus Carr. It'd be like, "We're waiting for you to do something right. to get us open." And you're like, "He just did it. Yeah. He just pulled the double back. Right. Like if he can pull two defenders out of the play completely, and he passes you the ball, you need to attack that basket as fast as you can because right. then everyone will collapse, and it'll be an open three, or they won't collapse, and you get an open two. It, that's the way, and it, they just really haven't done that in the last two games. Yeah. And they're going to have to figure that out because Tech and Oklahoma both took the same method, which was remove Marcus Carr from the game 
and Texas' offense does not run without him. Right. And now Jabari Rice does not care. He, he does yeah. not care. He will go get his own shot up. Yeah. And and Brock Cunningham has been good to be more of a shooter when left open. Uh, but Timmy Allen really needs to take control as this secondary guy when they start doubling Marcus Carr because you'll watch him and he'll try and analytically break down. You're like, dude, you have to go. You have a mismatch, but you only have it for another second. Right. So you need to continue to make this mismatch work. And he hasn't been doing it. Uh, Dylan Mitchell doesn't do it. Dylan DeSue did a little bit, but he'll hold the ball if you've got a big post player that bodies him in the post. And all those guys, wherever he's throwing it to, they're just waiting too long on that play. And it was it was something where you're like, this just needs to be worked on in practice where I know you're practicing with Marcus Carr as a guy. You need to start taking some of your practice where you're like, no, everybody knows the formula now. Right. Mm-hmm. So you need to practice Marcus Carr basically and play four on three, but you're like, I'm going to insert that second guy back in. It'll be four on four in just a second. Yeah. So you need to try and get the ball moving as fast as you can because that's something you need to go. Other than that, they still they got out-rebounded by a terrible rebounding team. Yep. They, like, the lack of effort was monumental in these last two games. And I know their games you're supposed to win. I'm hoping when they show up on Tuesday night, then they're playing ranked teams again and they're going to be back in it and they're going to be a little bit more egg on their face that they – they barely pulled out one of the two wins that they were should have been. You should have walked through this three-game stretch. Right. And you barely got one out of the last two. Yeah. So I mean, hopefully they will come But the Big 12 is no, just No, I get it. But I, I was sitting on the side of the court. They, they played a really bad basketball game. Like, it, Oklahoma played well. They had a good game plan to go against them. It should not have been as close as it was. Like, it just should not have been. Is it possible they just match up well with them because they played them good at home? No, too? I mean, you can say that officiating didn't help because our teams. big guys got in foul trouble. You can say the ball, I've never seen the ball bounce that way for a team. As many points as they got off Texas will play a really good defensive stand, and the ball would just dribble one inch out further, and they catch the ball and go get a layup. And you were like, it happened probably eight or nine times in that game. It was crazy how many times that happened in that game. All that being said... If we are saying that this Texas team needs a, is going to be a one or a two seed in the tournament, then that's unacceptable. So I, I get it all. And if we're talking old Texas, that is a, hey, we're going to be a four or five seed, that, that's fine. But we are now down to the end of the season, and some of these things just need to start getting worked out. It's not a, hey, man, we're not going to do anything. It's a, this is a reality check wake-up time for you. And, you know, you need to take this as a reality check and not say, you can't say, oh, it's the Big 12. Because you go, cool, well, we're about to go play in a tournament where we're going to play a lot of really good teams. And if we want to win in that, we need to be able to play at a higher level consistently. And we, we had done it most of the season. And yep. it's just fallen off in these last few games. Uh, the NCAA tweeted out their seeding for the uh, NCAA just right now, obviously just projections. Uh, they have Bama, U of H, Purdue, and Kansas as number one seeds, and Texas as number two seed, along with Arizona, Baylor, and UCLA, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Three, t- three seeds, Tennessee, Virginia, and Iowa State, and K-State. A lot of Big 12 love, of course. Um, and <laughs> there are four seeds. They have Indiana, Marquette, Zags, Xavier. Obviously, this is a, this is a thought experiment at this point. Uh, but the Longhorns are right there. I mean, as a five, at the number five team in the country, they're right there. If they can win the Big 12 regular season, they would definitely be considered a team that should be a number one seed. 
Uh, they got to beat Kansas to do right, that. Right. And Kansas right now. And they got to beat Iowa State. They got to beat all these other teams yeah. to be able to get that. No, okay, if you do it, if you end yeah. up. You, you know, earn that. You earn that. Yeah. Uh, especially with the remaining schedule, Texas, uh, you know, with the remaining schedule they have, it's. It's really tough, but it does kind of lay out perfectly for you to grab the number one seed if you take care of business. You got Iowa State, then you're at Baylor, at TCU, then Kansas. I guess the biggest thing for me at this stage of the year, even though all these teams are, are playing playing well and it is the Big 12, there are some moments where you're sitting there and saying, we should be cleaner. We should be cleaner with the basketball. We should be able to get into our offense. And even if this is a little bit of adjustments, you guys have been playing together for quite some time now. And, and the, the way that he brings people in and out, I think he's done a great job since the beginning of when he took over. I think there was a little bit of a growing pain where everybody was trying to understand what was going to happen, the significance of losing your head coach. But now he's got it all figured out. The rotations have been great. Things have been going well. But I just think sometimes, to Patrick's point, they get into these little lulls and the lack of effort. You know, because we've been talking about it, and everybody across the country knows that the Big 12 is a tough, tough conference. So there should be no slow starts. There shouldn't be any of those times where you're still trying to figure it out because you know what it's about. And that's for other teams as well. I mean, K-State, and they've had their little lows. TCU, they've had their moment as well because K-State went from the hottest team to now kind of falling back into the pack, and now they got to try to turn it and ratchet back up as well. So if they get hot at the right time, you know as well as I do, you get into that tournament, everything that, changes. Well, that's kind of my thing, though. If you compare Texas's resume to other Big 12 teams, they actually have had the fewest – uh, if any, they haven't had the fewest of any lows during the right. season. Haven't had back-to-back losses. We've seen stretches for every other Big 12 team, at least the ones that are considered good Big 12 teams. They're all. I mean, that's <laughs> a strange thing to say these days. I think even the worst team in the Big 12 is, uh, team is a good team. But still, it's they their resume really stacks up where Texas hasn't had a, a bad stretch, really, this yeah. season. They've been able to be resilient and come back. So I'm not saying you guys aren't right about they need to play cleaner games. I'm just saying, you know, give the Big 12 some credit. You know, give the Big 12 some credit. That's why they struggle sometimes in games. We, we've noticed some things that are just characteristics of this team, whether it be the slow start, sluggish start, whatever it is. Tyrese Hunter, and we might just have to accept that Tyrese Hunter is what Tyrese Hunter is and the belief that Tyrese Hunter, hey, Long as he, long as he's got it together by the time the tournament comes around, he's good. I know we still got time for that, but honestly, yep. that's just hope right now. He's going off hope and faith. Ain't nothing that really. Has, I think they date. There's no evidence. I think they date. Huh? Hope and faith. Yeah. I think they go together. <laughs> they should. Um, but there's no evidence that Tyrese Hunter's gonna right get to break that out point. of some funk and now he's trending in the right direction. No, he is what he is. And I think that's part of the realization that, okay, maybe there are some limitations because the belief was, and I agree with Harsh early on, they would have three stellar guards. And the truth is, Marcus Carr has been playing at a really high level all yep. year long, mm-hmm. his highest level he's ever played at since he's been here. And we already talked about Serge Barry Rice. I mean, he's a better six-man in the country potentially right. than Serge Barry Rice. He's been unbelievable. Right. He's been extremely clutch. Tyrese Hunter, huh? it yeah. is what it is. You got two out of three. 
You ain't got three. You ain't got three. So that no, Tyree Saunders played good defense at some points. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, I'm That's, not saying he's no, not contributing I, I at all. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying he's not. He's not at he's all. He's not what, that offensive he, threat. He, yeah, everybody. Right. The expectations that we've had for him, yes. he's, he's not going to meet that unless maybe he just has to. So we've seen it before, a tournament of his life where the regular season was mediocre and average. And but everybody goes, that's the Tyrese I was waiting yeah, for. Yeah, it could happen. <laughs> yeah. But like I said, that's hope and faith. Yep, yep. You, can't be, you can't be building game plans on that right now and, 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 and essentially building your identity on that right now going into the tournament. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's, that's why I'm being harsh on it. And, yes, the Big 12 is good. I get it. Oklahoma's not a bad team. <laughs> but if we're going to pretend like Texas is a top 10 team in the country, and we want them to be a top five team in the country. We can't say the bottom end of the Big 12 is good enough to be putting us to overtime. That, that's just the reality of if you want to be a good team. When, when Duke and North Carolina are the number one seed, they don't care that Virginia's a good team in the ACC. They beat them by 15. Like, I get, I get the point, but it's if you want to get there, this is – what worries me is this is how basketball works, is a team plays really well for the beginning, and at the end they taper off mm-hmm. as teams really start to figure out their identity. And Texas is in real danger of that happening if they don't adjust quickly enough. Happens in football, too. Yes. It does. Once you've been found out and once they went, oh, we thought we could just kind of guard, if we slowed down Mark Scrabby enough, but we didn't realize if we take him out, the rest of his team shuts down offensively. It's funny that And, and Jabari Rice that. does it, but at, yeah. like – yeah. The fact that Timmy Allen has not stepped up more is concerning because he is good enough to do it. He's done it in the past, and it's just he's just not processing things quick enough. But he can. And so I want to see a guy like Timmy Allen step up in that. I want to see uh, Dylan DeSue make quicker decisions in the post. You want to see, I'd love to see Arterial Morris get some time in there and just see if he instinctually is going to be able to move quick enough. And, yeah, it may, you know, may get some turnovers, but – the stopping of the ball as soon as Marcus Clark passes it out of a double team has to stop yep. because this is going to everyone is going to double team Marcus Carr until you until you prove him wrong, and you could lose your next four games with people doing that to you if you don't figure out a way around it. Just because I mean, like you can't have pet stretches of four minutes that you don't score pretty much the rest of the season. No, I agree. And if, if not for Brock Cunningham in the first half, you, yeah, have, a, yeah. you have a terrible first half. Hey, but that was the thing. Really, he just Brock came was, out had amazing first half. They, they passed out a double team, <laughs> and Brock was open, and he took the shot, and he hit it. Did yep. Great job. And that's what you have to do. Yeah, he was and, and that's good. And that's what I'm saying is Brock got it because Brock is a fifth-year senior who's Coming about to be back. a sixth-year senior. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he gets like, I don't want to win that game. What are they going to do? What could go wrong? What can go right? He can make that process. Timmy Allen can do that. Christian Bishop can do that. Dylan DeSue can do that. All these guys can do that. You need to see more of it. I need to see them trust themselves because they are a top 10 team in this country. You need to play like it and not play like, hey, man, if we let this go, oh, we got we to gotta hang in there with Oklahoma. No, you need to beat the crap out of Oklahoma. You could have. Yeah. It's time to stop flashing That's what I'm and saying. be more consistent. Yes. Yes. Yeah, because we've seen the flashes. That's yeah. obvious. For all and, again, Oklahoma played a good game. I just they fall like you, hell. We want to be. We yeah, expect do. this Texas team to be a top five team in the country, and we want. We're talking about them getting a one seed. If you want to talk about getting a one seed, that's the team you need to be. It's different brand of basketball, different level of basketball. Yeah. I agree. I'm with you. It's um, ironic that you said that about you know getting hot at the right time and losing games, and you're trending in the wrong direction. We'll talk about baseball in a little bit, but 
That's the same thing with the baseball team. You saw them at the no transition the right now. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Boom. You know you're fine. No, 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 no. We'll talk about that a little. Bit. No, no, no. Transition. You just a smooth yeah. transition. You just made. You're Craig Wayish transition right there. Go ahead, on, it brother. Is, Take, is, you, know, you got the floor. Go ahead. It is ironic Go. because I got a text. We got a text just a second ago from CB talking about the the this is didn't Texas lose every game at in Arlington in 21. It made it to the College World Series, went deep and all that stuff. Well, go back to last year, I believe it was. They won 11 games in a row last year. Started 11-0 preseason high, and they were two in barbecue in, in, in the World Series as well. But that team and this team is built totally different. That team in 21, they had experienced mm. guys. They had more maturity on that team. They were coming off of that snow vid where they didn't get a lot of reps. And it's just like this weekend. Those arms that they saw were not something that they had seen during the fall. That's not mm. something that they had seen during practice. They saw their own arms during that time. And it's a lot different when those guys come out there. I'm just going to tell you this. There was 15,000 people in the 17,000, excuse me, in that Friday night game. And I guarantee you this, the play that was the difference in the game was Diggs, the right fielder, or he was DH in that game hit a ball to third base to uh, to Flores, the freshman. Mm. Ball went by him, went by him real quick. Two weeks from now, three weeks from now, a month from now, he makes that play routinely. Okay. He makes that play routinely, and we just go ahead and go on about a business. They get out of the inning. It's a totally different ball game. Same thing with the balls to shortstop and second base yesterday. If they make those plays, the score – that is not what happened yesterday. It was the long inning. They got eight runs in one inning, and none of them were earned. None of them were earned because mm-hmm. we had four errors between the two middle infielders. So, And there were freshmen. They were freshmen that were doing this. So when you sit back and you start thinking about where this team is right now, there is some silver lining at the end of this rainbow. Okay. There, are, there, there might be a pot of gold there. I don't know for sure because we're still going to learn. And there's a lot of baseball to be played. But the one thing that they all have to do, and I said, that, said this this morning on B&E, I said these kids got to grow up and they got to grow up right now because there is no waiting. It's still baseball. It's still 90 feet, 60 feet from the mound. The, the, the dimensions are all the same. This is the time. And I also want to mention this. This team went from playing and practicing on turf yep. every single day to going to playing in a big league part where dirt is involved, where there's so much that has gone on into this deal. Now, Trey Faltini not walking through that door. Skylar Messengers not walking through that door. Douglas Hodo is not walking through that door. And along with some of these other pitchers, Pete Hansen and all that, these guys have to grow up, and they got baptized this weekend. Man. You got put into the fire. The games were closer than what it looked like, and I'll get into that. But those games were close, and Texas had opportunities. But for a young team, you were going to have to grow up and grow up fast because it's not going to get any easier. It's not getting any easier. LSU is coming in next week. Mm. They're going to play them on a Tuesday night game. Then you got other games that you're going to end up having to play. This is going to have to happen right now, and you gotta, you're got you going to have some growing pains from this team. But I tell you this much. Make sure that all of you take a program. When you get to the ballpark, buy a program because <laughs> you are going to have You'll to learn it. a lot of these new players because it's not the same.
is it so is is the the inexperience is the biggest issue right now you were saying right for sure for sure in the new era of college sports that we live in nil and slash transfer portal era Mm -hmm. is that an excuse for a blue blood like Texas, it, it definitely should not be an excuse. And if okay. I sound like that, I don't want no, it to no, sound. No, 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 saying, no. You don't sound like no, that. I'm, I just, I, I, I'm just talking from a some outsider looking in. By all means, you need to attack the portal and attack it hard. But if you miss on some of your portal guys because somebody else gets them, it it, it kind of stands out for you a well, little. That's why bit. I bring up the NIL thing because yeah. you're Texas too, and you're a blue blood now. And you been you ain't te- Texas baseball is supposed to be a different level. And the NIL era, or is that so? And I'm not, I'm not saying it's not, but I'm just saying right. hey, Texas is supposed to be on the winning end of okay. NIL and transfer portal. Mm-hmm. And it seems like if you have an inexperienced team, then maybe you're, you, you're now on the winning end of it. Not saying you're losing, but like you're not on the said, winning end of it. You might have missed okay. on some of those, whether it was the NIL, whether it was something else that they didn't feel right about. There are some guys that you should have gotten and you missed out on. And now you're going to end up having to deal with that because it is a I'm telling you right now, Vanderbilt is going to be a team to pay attention to in the in the Big 12 conference, TCU and Oklahoma State. I got a chance to watch both of them, all of their games. I got a chance to see that. Yeah, they are. They are talented team and they got some guys that came through in the transfer portal that are difference. Impact players. Yeah, that are difference makers. And for Texas. (laughs) I mean, this is every sport. It ain't just baseball, but it is especially baseball. Yeah. And beating Texas has a special kind of satisfaction. And that's where I said it's, these kids got to grow up fast. It's borderline erotic. Yeah, is that exactly. <laughs> and when <laughs> and on Friday <laughs> night when the when the hogs were being called, yes, I was. Yeah. That's <laughs> you, you yeah. could hear that real that was loud the hogs and clear. Coach said that. That's right. That was, was it. Brett Bean was yeah, it. Yeah. When yeah. the hogs give you a call, hey, man. they come in the droves, man. Yeah. Because oh no, it, it beating Texas, Texas baseball. And they were in when, my hotel too. Okay. And they were proud when they walked back to that hotel after beating Texas. They didn't care that they lost to anybody else over the weekend. Yeah. They beat Texas. And I, and I know people are making a lot of comparisons to the start last season, correct? Because it was yep. 3 but it was a Snowvid. That, that was two years ago. Two years ago, sorry. Yeah. Snowvid two years ago and all that kind of stuff. And I get that. That's a very good point. But there's, this is, this there's is, a different reason this, why they started 0-2. This is a different character team as yeah. well. Yeah. Because those guys – that went to Omaha after starting 0-3, they had big arms that could go out there and fight for you. They had some other guys that were there. I don't know where the arms are going to come from. And, again, this is a sample size for the weekend. This is a sample size. So let's not, let's not no lose panic. our minds. No panic yet. You don't want to panic yet? I said yet. When do you want to panic? You let me know. I'll, I'll let you know. No need to panic. No, no, no. It's still too early It's to still panic. too early. We got yeah. a lot of baseball to be played. Yeah. Uh, we'll let you know when we press the panic. But can we get a panic sounder ready <laughs> to go, though, just in case? Uh, oh, yeah. The panic. Can we get a panic sounder? So we yeah, actually, like we'll have to go in. We'll I'm going we'll like we'll Harge the button. Harge, he's the baseball guy, so he'll only have access to the panic button. And he will let you, uh, Texas baseball fans, know when to hit it. And then we'll we'll play this, the panic sounder. I don't even know what it's going to sound like. Patrick will come up with something clever because he's the ideal on the no show. No doubt. Uh, all right. Uh, we'll come back. We'll, uh, we'll discuss some more Texas basketball, Texas baseball later on in the show. We come back. Pro Football Focus showing Longhorn Nation some love, and they got it wrong. Right oh. here on Ball Don't Lie, one of on the horn. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn Smooth Soul Monday. Uh, and it's apropos because my man Patrick, uh, I believe his intent was to uh, sue the tortured soul of sports fans who may have had a tough weekend. That was certainly the case for Texas baseball fans. Tough weekend. No doubt. 0-3 start, but that's okay. All right, keep hope alive. It's still early, and uh, hopefully in Hearts Knock Life, my man, uh, Hearts is going to drop you some, um, yeah. some optimism. Some positivity out there. That's what they need. I'm here to bring it. They're going to they gonna, they gonna need that positivity, man. I'm here to bring it. Uh, but that's okay. All right, well, let's bring you positivity on President's Day edition of Ball Don't Lie. So we appreciate you guys who are joining us on President's Day. All right, so there are a couple of articles uh, that I want to hit here. Uh, Pro Football Focus, um, they put out an article, which I thought was pretty interesting. They did their, uh, basically their NFL draft, uh, but a kind of a no-holds-barred edition of their NFL draft. So they basically disregarded the, uh, you know, the, the rules about eligibility and when guys will be eligible for the draft. So just drafting okay. best overall players, period, is kind of where they went, which I thought was uh, pretty interesting. That was pretty good. They did show love to a Longhorn um, in their no holes bar draft that they did. Um, and I, strangely enough, when I looked at it, I was like, ah, I think it's going to be a Longhorn on here. Because usually there's a Longhorn listed just to try to, hell, sometimes it's clickbait. Yes. They they know Longhorns love their program and they hey let's list the Longhorn there just because they want to try to get Longhorns riled up and they know you guys will click it all right yep. and it's a smart move um, so this could be clickbait just preference I'm throwing it out there all right it could be I'm not saying it ain't if Longhorn fans start hitting those spec text line right now <laughs> Robbie whatever man all right because sometimes pro football focus will plant what is basically the equivalent of a sports thirst trap oh yeah. It's all it is. It, you know, Instagram. You got to have some part of it that is true yeah. to make you look at it and then, wait a minute. It's basically, yeah. <laughs> it's basically a thirst trap. They do it all the time. And, hell, some, most, most guys will fall for it like they do on Instagram. Mm-hmm. One puts it out there like, oh, man, I'm going to click. I'm, I'm going to go through them picks. All right? The thirst trap. Well, they have a Longhorn <laughs> ranked. Oh, it's not ranked, but he is in their first-round mock draft, irregardless of eligibility rules. That means they can draft anybody from college football. They have a Longhorn being drafted 30th overall. Who do you to, think it to is? To who? Who do you think it is? Oh, 30th to the New Orleans Saints, actually. Yeah. Who do you think it is? Oh, we all know who it is. It's a thirst trap. 
everybody, they want to see them dropping them bombs. They want to see them <laughs> dropping them bombs. Yes, sir. They want everybody to yep. look at that QB, they that do. position where everybody is. I, I thought for sure it was going to be Arch Manning. Since they were talking about anybody could oh, be drafted, cute. you know, yeah, what I'm that's, that's a good point. That, that would have been, been another one, especially Thirst because trap. it's New Orleans. Yes, yeah, a good point. You know, it could have been that, but they the fact that they went to QB one with the new fresh fade, you know what I'm saying? They went to that. I was like, okay, okay. Yeah. And the truth is, if you're watching Longhorn football, we all know the one that's worthy of that draft pick. It ain't Quinn Ewers on this team. It's Kelvin Banks. Yes. If there is a, a a player on the Longhorn roster right now yes. that you could draft and you are guaranteed to draft in the first round because a first-round pick has to work out for you, yep. somebody you can't afford to miss on, you can miss on your third, fourth, fifth, sixth-round pick. Right. You can miss on those guys. But all the draft capital you spend on the first-round pick has got to be a guaranteed for sure hit. Right. Kelvin Banks is that more so than a Quinn Ewers. Now, Quinn Ewers may have a higher upside just because the quarterback position has more impact right. and, you know, it, it can extend your championship window, all those things. But if you're just looking at a, the, the best overall football player right now <laughs> on the Longhorn roster with Bijan Robinson on, gone, right. it's Kelvin Banks. Couldn't agree more. That would have been the first person <laughs> that I thought when, when it initially came out and you were thirst trapping. I was thinking it was going to be Kelvin Banks. I thought it was going to be two of them. I thought it was going to be Quinn and Kelvin. Right. I, <laughs> no doubt about it. And I don't know, especially because of what you talked about, Pro Football Focus has been very high on Kelvin Banks since his arrival at the University of Texas. The way they viewed him, the way they looked at him during all every game and how he graded out, absolutely that's what you thought would have that would have been it. But I'm sitting here looking at this Quinn yours pick, and are, are they looking at him as the type of person to, to what you said as the upside, right? You're looking at his arm strength. You're looking at what we all saw initially when the videos were coming out. Well, mm-hmm. we got a chance to see him all through high school as well. So we understood what was there, and there's no doubt about it. We all believe that if he continues to improve, that he will be a first round pick. That's your five star athlete. You're He's a perfect score. Yeah. You got you have that ability. But the fact that he was there at number thirty and not Kelvin Banks somewhere else in this thing, it's like, uh, okay. I see where it's at. Yeah. Gotta have one. Yeah, like I said, I'm going third strap. But like I said, I, I agree with you. I think Quinn, it should have been potentially both of them if you're going just high upside, because Quinn Ewers has that upside. Mm-hmm. But Kelvin Banks already as a freshman. 13 starts at left tackle, uh, second team all Big 12, but he allowed only two sacks and 12 pressures. Right. When he went up against guys like Will Anderson, who's going to be a first-round pick, Will McDonald, who's going to be an NFL player, uh, Felix and Udike Uzoma. Yep. Player uh, of the year. Uh, yeah, exactly. Big right. 12 defensive player of the year. By the way, didn't allow sacks to any of those guys. Right. Um, I mean, he's got a shot. He's got a shot to be the best left tackle in college football after his sophomore season. Yeah. And tree, he's got a real shot at it, which is crazy. And we heard As about his work freaky. ethic. We've heard about his work ethic. And his leadership. Yeah, and he's ready to lead. He's one of those guys that if you go back and look at all the games that he started this year, which was every one, go watch the way he interacts with his teammates and how he hustles and where he goes to pick up the quarterback and the running back. Those are things that guys in the NFL don't even do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Those are the types of things when you look at the game and – and you're not just following the ball as most people do and watch what happens in the trenches, you'll be very impressed with the way he's worked all year. 
Yeah, I mean, you just got done having the luxury of having the best, I mean, the best running back in college football for the last two years. Hell, maybe even longer than that, but definitely the last two years. Yep. And I think this year, if the young man stays focused, and it looks like he is extremely focused, Texas could end up having the best left tackle. You had a chance to have the best left tackle in college football. Right. Got a, a shot And maybe the it. best lineman in the history of Texas Longhorn mm. football. Well, I don't know about all them. I don't know. Oh, I'm wait. just saying. He I, could he be. Could be. He, he could be. He could be. He's, 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 he's when it's trending. All, when it's all said and done. Right. That's what I'm saying. Not right now. Okay. Not right yeah. now. But I'm saying he could, be he could be in the ranks of the best offensive lineman to ever come out of this university. It's got that kind of upside. Right. Yeah. No, I don't disagree with that. Um, but, yeah, the Pro Football Focus articles, like I said, I, the Quinn Ewers thing, this is about Quinn Ewers. Not, I think Quinn Ewers' last game versus Washington showed a lot um, of promise from him and from from Sark as a a play caller. The thing about Quinn Ewers and his unbelievable generational arm talent is that it can be a bit of a it can be a bit of a trap, right. and it's a trap for him as a player, but also a trap for for Sark as a play caller because the arm talent is generational. I've talked to enough scouts and I've read enough opinions and I've seen enough, seen enough um, kind of evaluations overall of Quinn Ewers, whether it be from the high school level all the way up to last season, that he does have an elite arm. We're talking about as, as good as it gets potentially. Mm-hmm. So they will always be considered to be a, a high upside, elite level talent overall at quarterback. But having the golden arm does not necessarily make you a great quarterback. And the trap is that Sark, and he fell for it early on because, remember, we, and we all did, by the way, because we watched, we watched uh, Quinn Ewers versus Bama for three, for what, one quarter, and we watched him for three quarters versus Oklahoma when he came back. Right. And those kind of four quarters really distorted the perception and I think the overall evaluation of Quinn Ewers because the belief was that's Quinn Ewers by Sark and honestly, I think by Quinn too. Like, that's me. Yes, that's your potential. That's what you could be right. if you're consistent. Because you get to Patrick's point about Texas basketball. If you're, yeah, yeah, we see what you guys could be. Yeah, you can play like the best team potentially in the country. You can play like that, but can you do it consistently? And the problem for, for Sark is just because he can make every throw doesn't mean he should make every throw. Sark would fall into the trap of I mean, he's got the golden arm. Right. I can call any damn passing play I want to. Yes, 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 you can. But should you? Right, right. <laughs> and I think after the Bama game, we got into he felt more and more Oklahoma State game, probably the prime the best example of it. That Sark kind of fell victim to it. Yep. Oh, golden arm, baby. It'll save us. Well, he It'll told be, us from the, the beginning. The golden arm will be the savior. It's like, no, 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 no. Yes, the arm is golden, but there's a head attached to some <laughs> shoulders that's attached to the arm that also needs to be developed and brought along carefully because he's a young QB. And for some reason, Sark's just looking at the arm. He's like, no, 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 the arm is not separate from the body. Right. They are all together. You've got to still develop the player yeah. and the football IQ of the player. So when Bama was playing man-to-man defense, he was just making these golden throws, the golden arm, and dropping dimes. Man, throwing them bombs. Everybody was like, yes, this is it. We told you. It is manifested. He is a golden god. And it's like, well, somebody played zone on him, and he couldn't figure out how to, <laughs> how to just process a zone coverage. Like, oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> we got to go back to the drawing board. Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, just, yeah. just like coaches make, you know, they make the adjustments. 
coaches made adjustments and figured, all right, well, he can make any throw in man coverage because man coverage is a very simple read for a quarterback. He's in man, make the throw. Throw it to a spot or throw the guy open. Right. Well, when you play zone, not that easy. Nope. Play zone, you got to read the zone. You got to figure out where a guy's dropping. You got to make your pre-snap read that must match up with your post-snap diagnosis, all those things. And that's a little behind, and teams figured it out. So, so then where did Sark go to? Some simple things. Quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game. He went some simple things and put some Bijan on it, put some Rojo on it, and it made life a whole lot easier. So the, the truth is, yes, he does have to go north, but don't fall for the trap. Just because he can make every throw doesn't mean he should make every throw. Is he mature enough in his quarterback development to understand why well, he needs to make certain throws? Well, when you get to that point, too, because your arm is so blessed, you get lazy because you've been, li- you've been living with it. Mm. That's why the footwork went awry. That's why yeah. certain balls started sailing yep. because he's so used to being able to get away with being lazy because my arm strength will carry me. I've done it at shortstop. I've done it to where I know I have a good arm. I just sit back on a couple balls, and then I get ready to fire it across the infield, and it hits somebody in the bleachers. Yep. Because you're not being consistent mm-hmm. with the work and the footwork of what you need to do to be a consistent thrower of the football or the baseball. That's the one thing that I've always talked about with him was – I think he's getting lazy with his footwork because I could see certain things that he's so accustomed to being able to get over with that he can't do it when pressure starts to mount in an actual game. Mm-hmm. It looks good. It looks beautiful it when they're like warm-ups. Yeah. It's like, woo, look at that beam over there. And it, it worked against you know or, uh, the uh, lesser opponents. Right. Yes. And then all of a sudden you're like, uh-oh. They're coming at me from different angles. I got to throw off platform. I got to make sure I follow through. But those things from my fundamentals have left me, and now I'm scrambling to get it back. And it's really tough to do that. Trust me. I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's him falling victim right, that's to the golden to arm. To his own, own yeah. success. So you can't, the golden arm thing, it's a bit of a trap. Right. Like, yes, you do have it, but it's almost like the ring in Lord of the Rings. It'll turn you from Schmeagle to Gollum real quick. My precious. Because you're just thinking about the golden arm and everything he can do for you. You forget about the fundamentals, as Harsh talked about, the technique, the little things. Because you're so obsessed with the big arm, the golden arm that makes the big throw. Yep. All right? It's like, yeah, that can happen. But if you don't pay attention to the little things, the fundamentals, then you're never going to be able in an elite, against elite competition in a big-time game on a big stage to make those throws. It's a trap. It is a trap. It's a trap for Sark. It's a trap for Sark. Yes. So we'll see if they fall for that trap again. Because I agree yep. with Harge. Harge's been talking about the footwork forever, and he came back to haunt him. Yep. Once they started going up against better and better competition. So essentially, don't be happy Gilmore. All right? If he's happy Gilmore had, you know I mean? If he, basically, happy Gilmore had the drive, but couldn't get the short game and the, yep. the, the medium range game. Got it at the end of the, the, the movie, I guess. You know what I mean? Spoiler but, alert. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, but that's basically what Quinn Ewers is right now. Hopefully, like the end of the movie in Happy Gilmore, he develops the short game, the medium range game, and becomes a more well rounded player. I think his work ethic is going to change because there's a lot of people in that room that want a chance to play as well in another. Five-star recruit. Yeah. Best case scenario, we never see any of those other guys. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Uh, all right, good stuff there. We'll come back. We got the flex on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie on Horn.
Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9. We uh, play some uh, smooth soul jams that are meant to uh, soothe the tortured soul of sports fans who may be dealing with a hard time. Um, and that was certainly for Texas baseball fans over the weekend. Um, but go to Flex. Flex will make you feel better about things. Go to FLXATX.com. FLXATX on all of your social media platforms. Uh, a lot of great new content up there for you. Uh, they also have the, oh, 7 on 7 uh, dates for your uh, summertime 7 on 7 uh, tournament dates. They're up there on FLXATX.com, so you can go check that out as well. Um, they also have the uh, 2023 Playoffs Texas High School Hoops by District Outlook, so you can go check out some of the coverage for the high school basketball action here in Central Texas, too. So a lot of great stuff up there for you. Go to FLXATX.com. And a lot of those are going to be happening tonight. They kick off tonight. Our man Zay will be, Zay Zay. Collier of Chad and Zay, will be doing TV with Roger Wallace tonight as he will be at Pflugerville High School as Buta Johnson takes on Vandergriff. Westlake will take on Westwood uh, in by-district play. In 5A by-district, Rouse will take on Kerrville-Tivy. They haven't given us where they're going to be playing some of those games at, but it's going to be important. LBJ takes on Georgetown tonight. I don't know where that location is. It's all to be determined. So get on the Flex website and find out a little bit more. Yeah, uh, go check it out for yourself, flxatx.com. It's just that simple. Go to flxatx on all your social media platforms. Um, All right, we come back. We got the uh, all-star game review coming up. Uh, NBA head coach said it was the worst all-star game he's ever seen. We'll see see if the (laughs) fellas agree or disagree with that, and we'll review uh, winners' dunk competition or the three-point competition and the all-star game uh, MVP for Jason Tatum. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 The Horn.